Welcome, everybody, to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. We are here at week four of the NFL. Steve and I doing our regular weekly ATS breakdown of every NFL game. It should be streaming live on Twitter right now, so that's exciting as we uh, continue this ship here with uh, StreamYard and just making things easier for me. Man, I, I love it because all that crap I had to do on the back end was getting on my nerves. Um, but welcome, everybody, once again. Please check us out at theozbreakers.com. I'm a contributing writer there. A lot of great writers there at the Ozbreakers, always putting out content, still putting out baseball content. I mean, basketball's around the corner. Hockey is back. Again, what is it, preseason hockey right now, Steve? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then, um, I'm not very locked into the NHL, and I probably won't be anytime soon, but we have great writers on that. There's writers on horse racing. There's writers on golf. I mean, we got it all. You know, UFC. So check us out at theoddsbreakers.com. My name is Chris R. Farley, at Chris R. Farley 1 on Twitter or at Farley Bets on Twitter and Instagram. And he is at Snorm Snorm, S-N-O-R, I always mess that part up, S-N-O-R-M, S-N-O-R-M. So Snorm twice, at Bobo Bets on Twitter. Gaining some prominence there, Steve, because of that record, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, But things are going well for for this pod, and let's just go over some of our records from last week. Uh, So on my part, I was 15-7 and overall. Eight and seven straight up on straight up plays, but seven and no on teasers. Um, nailed every one of my teaser legs for my premium customers, which is always a great feeling uh, because if you have seven teaser legs that you nail, you can make a lot of different combinations for a lot of money in that one. So that put me up 20 units, uh, plus 26 units on the week, which I needed after week two kicked my ass. Uh, so overall, I'm 25 and 22, plus 14 units on the year. Steve. Rolls into week four with a 10-2 and one record in week three, plus 7.86 units. And Steve, you are overall 29 and 14, plus 29.96 units. Uh, 29 and 14 is a 67% win rate in the first three weeks. That's really good. Uh, it's going to be tough to keep up all season, but let's see if you can do it. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, plus, yeah, plus nearly 21 units. That's awesome, man. So um, the pod here, Steve and I rolling. How are you feeling about week four, man? We were just talking about the grind. It is a grind. <laughs> it is a grind. Uh, you know, uh, one thing I know is you're only as good as your last weekend. You definitely have to stay humble in this industry. So I'm definitely not going to get too ahead of myself at all. Felt felt good to have a nice solid week there, um, especially after, you know, having a uh, whatever week, week two. But I'm looking forward to this uh, week four as it's – I think Vegas is definitely going to be more on point. Uh, I feel like a lot more people were uh, – taking advantage of them last week yeah spoken like a true sharp staying humble because we know what can happen if we get too ahead of ourselves and yeah i, I actually i won't reveal the uh sports book that sent me this email but i got a i got an email the other days uh thanking me for not not uh posting any of my bets on their sports book last week because they lost so much money uh i mean the books i think got slammed across the board last week so you know they'll come back with a vengeance this week in NFL week four, a lot of tough lines as usual, but I do think that they're even tougher this week. And um, I should mention once once again, since we're always on the topic of sports betting, there is a growing uh, business now called Sports Wager and You or at Sports Wager You on Twitter, which we have a bunch of uh, great handicappers putting in time, putting in articles for that. And the idea for that is we're going to teach people how to be sharp, how to learn, and to bet like the pros, the pro handicapper. So check that out on Twitter at SportsWagerU for more information about that. Looking to host our first class here in late October. So that's pretty exciting. A lot of things going on, man. A lot, a lot going on. And as usual, Steve and I will talk about our circuit picks or just address some of our favorite picks, hopefully, in this podcast since we're entered into the Circa Million Contest. And we did go 4-1 and one last week. So that's we needed that one too because I think we went one and four in week two. Yeah. Um, so we we need more four and ones, five and O's if we're going to compete. Um, and I and I and I, I believe we can do it because we're just getting sharper as the season goes on, and as we learn more about these teams, right? So let's get right into it. Uh, the Thursday night game is the Jacksonville Jaguars zero and three at the Bengals. Bengals Bengals minus seven and a half point favorites at home. Total now sits at forty six. Um, Steve, I guess I could take this one first because I don't have too much to say about it. Maybe you have more to say. This feels a little bit like a trap game for me for Cincy. I mean, the Jaguars have to play a little better eventually. They have to be a little more competitive eventually. 
Um, this this could be the spot just because that was a huge win for Cincinnati at Pittsburgh last week. You know, we saw the Raiders after winning in Pittsburgh. They went home and nearly lost to the Dolphins in overtime. Pulled that one out. Uh, but a huge win. I mean, anytime the Bengals can beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, I don't know how long that's been, but crazy win for the Bengals. Um, they got outplayed in some areas still, but they you know ended up making the plays when it mattered. Um, now we have you know the two rookie, well, second-year quarterback Joe Burrow going against rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, Clemson versus LSU here, but this is the first time that they've ever actually faced each other. And I so I kind of like – I'm going to stay away from the uh, line here. I kind of lean towards the over because I could see both teams uh, doing, uh, you know, better than usual on, on offense. I don't really trust these two defenses. Even though Cincinnati has been a lot better on defense, they can still allow a lot of yards and points. Um, but I, I kind of – I'm looking at some props here for the quarterbacks. Kind of want to play on Trevor Lawrence over 250 yards passing. Or, no, I think it's uh, Joe Burrow over 250 yards. I'm not sure where Trevor's line sits in passing yards. But I think the quarterbacks could want this win more. Uh, than some of the other players just kind of show out against the other, you know, uh, high-profile quarterbacks. I'll be looking at those, but no play on the sides from here. What do you think of this one, Steve? Yeah, the one thing I've been looking at, and it's going to be kind of more of a trend today, is I'm definitely looking at the percentage of uh, where the money's going on a lot of these games now. And uh, 71% of the money is on the Bengals, and this line has pretty much stayed the same. And that is, like you said, kind of maybe a trap there. Uh, It brings into question, why is that line not moving? even a little bit up to eight, eight and a half. So I kind of am with you on this one. If we look back at Trevor Lawrence last week, they had two drives that they could have came back and, and covered against Arizona, but he fumbled on both of them. They um the, the uh they were staying in that game with the Cardinals. It was it was kind of a, a little uh a little risky uh uh looked like a risky bet there for a little bit at the seven and a half. Luckily with uh the turnovers where Jags are leading the league and eight uh, with at minus eight in turnover dif- differential last in the league. That is one thing that I could look at, you know, giving the Bengals the edge here to prevail and get that cover that minus seven and a half. But where the money's going for me right now, I'm with you on that, Chris. I think it's kind of a, a, a trap game, a short week. I do like how Burrow's able to bounce back after he makes mistakes. He seems to have a very short memory, which is great for a quarterback in this league. But personally, I just genuinely don't like Thursday night games to be really betting that much on just because I really, really want to wait to see where money's moving and get ready for injury reports, COVID reports and things like that and focus more of my efforts into Sundays. Yeah, I totally agree with that one, man. That was another addition I was going to say. Just these Thursday night games can really get you, you know, and they could be really lopsided and like unpredictable. So it sounds like we're both mostly trying to stay away from that game. Let's go to the next one. Washington football team at Falcons. Falcons are one and a half point dogs at home. Totals 47 and a half. You go first. This one, Steve. Yeah, we uh we have two bad teams here, right? I mean, this is gonna be uh no a home a home do- a dome dog, as I like to say, getting getting the points. Usually a lot of people like to play that angle, but one thing I really want to see is that Washington defensive line show up. We really haven't we've had we've heard so much about them in the offseason. They were anointed it's supposed to be one of the uh, top lines in the league, and we haven't really seen that. They uh, now we're going to see them against you know a very dismal Falcons offense with Matt Ryan, who I think you know who cannot be a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen or as mobile as Daniel Jones. So I'm really looking to see that Washington defensive line get after Matt Ryan here and be able to actually contain that offense and Taylor Heineke for his first road start in a, in a, in a very tough, you know, bills atmosphere. That's a tough, uh, that's a tough start there. And he was able to move the ball, put points on the board. Unfortunately, that game just got out of the way, uh, get out, got out from them. He uh, had a couple turnovers as we saw, but I still think he is a very, uh, a capable quarterback and I do like Washington having that better defense and let's I always go back to it and say it they're playing special teamers as safeties so let's see Taylor Heineke go down and get his first road win I like Washington to cover the minus one and a half yeah it looks it sounds like we're on the same side here Steven we're in sync already to start this one off um, I think last week's Washington loss was more about the Bills and the football team right I mean like you said Steve it's at Buffalo incredibly tough place to play you know, that walking into a buzzsaw um, in a game like that, especially after the Bills went down to Miami and clobbered them. Now they're feeling good about themselves again. 
um, at home. So that game was more about the Bills. And this, I totally agree. This feels like a game where the Washington football team defense can finally show some of the talent that they have, especially on the defensive line. Um, the Falcons offense and, and guards on offensive line isn't one of the best in the NFL by any means. The, so there should be an opportunity for the Washington football team to finally feel better about themselves on defense. The Falcons really didn't do anything that well last week against the Giants. That was more about the Giants beating themselves as usual. Uh, you know, Giants led in almost every stat. I mean, time of possession, yards, first downs. So the Falcons were lucky to get away with that win. They did what they had to do at the end of the game. But, I mean, Matt Ryan threw an interception right in the hands of one of the Giants' uh, safeties in the end zone, and the Giants guy just dropped it, and then the Falcons scored a touchdown. So, really, it was just another hokey loss for the Giants, um, and a, a lucky win for the Falcons. And I don't care that Washington's on the road. Washington has the better overall team, more talent. Um, I have to take the football team on the road, and I think we're getting an advantage here under a key number of three. So I'm with you on that one, Steve. Could be a circle play. See what happens. Um, Lions at Bears. Bears minus two and a half at home. Total set at 42. Got to say, Steve, I don't even know what to say about this game, you know, partially because what can I say about the Bears? I mean, next to the Giants, uh, the Bears are are a tough team to watch. I mean, uh, Matt Nagy, I don't think I've over the years have taken – uh, it's seriously just how bad of a coach he can be. I mean, maybe, right, we're seeing these memes come out right now about Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe he's pretty damn good. You know, he looked pretty good in the preseason with the Bills. Um, you know, maybe it's just a Matt Nagy thing. I mean, the Bears are not setting up Justin Fields well on offense. Matt Nagy saying, who knows, he's going to play quarterback this week. What a disaster there in Chicago. And now we're seeing this line come down a little bit. Um, just no creativity in the play calling. I don't like anything that's going on in Chicago right now. The Lions are a team that fights, but the Lions were more handily outplayed by the Ravens last week than the stats show. I'll talk more about that when we talk about the Ravens. But the, the Lions do hang in games, so I have to lean towards the Lions at two and a half. But now that it's come down, I don't like it as much as three. But I do kind of like the under. Bears over-relying on their defense as always. The Lions play much better defense, and it's, and it's in Chicago in the grass you know, slower field. So this is a low total at 42, but I kind of like under 42. What do you say about this one, Steve? Well, we, we know the Lions are an 0-3 team, but I I would say that they're the best 0-3 team for what that's worth. Um, you know, <laughs> Chicago, they were a disaster last week, completely like giving up uh, nine sacks. Um, a lot of it, too, as I was hearing, wasn't as much on fields as much as like veteran offensive line key players that were making a lot of mistakes. Like Greg Olsey even uh, talked about Jason Peters uh, trying cut blocks on a third and 15 when the quarterback clearly needed time. Like, why are you going down and cut blocking to block when a, when Miles Garrett can just get right back up? So um, there, I think we're going to see a better, more polished offensive line from the bears this week. I, I think they're, they're going to have to um, really, you know, come back a lot uh, better prep for this game. However, Detroit, you know, like you said, stats did lie in that game. They did hold the Ravens to 116 total yards in that game. You know, with, you know, Lamar, how uh, versatile he is, and he relies more on the run game, that they were able to contain him uh, in order to keep that game close. And it took a miracle. It took a damn near a miracle for the Ravens to win it, but they, they pulled that off. And in Detroit, they are that team that is going to give a lot of problems against the spread like we've talked about. And I, I just like them in this matchup here with the uh, a lot of people calling for Nagy to be fired already. Can't make up his name. Is it, is it Foles? Is it Dalton? Is it Fields? I, I think it's going to be Fields again this week. I don't. I heard injury reports Dalton won't be ready uh, again. If Dalton is healthy, he still might be the starter. I don't think Fields is ready either. And I'm going to do this trend where I'm going to just keep picking against these rookie quarterbacks this year because so far last week I don't think any of them covered I'm going to just hope that trend continues and I'm taking Detroit plus three yeah rookie quarterbacks one in ten straight up so far this year uh, Mac Jones is the only one that's won a game pretty crazy um yeah and you know for, for what it's worth uh Jared Goff is at least like echoing Dan Campbell sentiments you know this is a team that's going to fight we're going to keep on punching back I mean he seems to be getting up for the coach. So, I mean, the whole team is embracing that mentality for giving me points with the Lions against a bad Chicago team. You know, what can I say? I mean, I'm starting to like that even more, I guess. 
All right, so let's go to the uh, Titans and Jets. Jets, seven-point dogs now, was seven and a half, down to seven. Uh, that might be because of some injury news. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown could be out for this game, apparently, which is not good news for the Titans, but it is against the Jets at least. Um, it is it is at New York, so Jets at home plus seven, total set at 44. What do you think about this one, Steve? Yeah, that, that was big injury news, and I know it moved the line a half point down, but the problem is – the, the Jets aren't getting any offensive production. Um, Zach Wilson, four, four um, interceptions uh, two weeks ago, two interceptions last week. They have zero offensive production. They didn't even score a point last week. Um, after the week one sp- start that the Titans had, they've really come back into their own. They look like that playoff caliber team. Um, they're probably going to run away with their division. I don't see the Colts <laughs> doing anything at this point. So, what are the Titans going to do? They they can still lean on the one of the best running backs in the league against the Jets and hold Zach Wilson, have him turn over the ball. I still like the Jet, um, the Titans to cover against uh, another rookie quarterback. I'm going to play that narrative until it doesn't work. Yeah. So the Titans, the, I mean, they definitely lean on Derrick Henry. They're probably still going to keep on doing that, especially with those injuries. Um, you know, the Jets, so far, the Jets aren't terrible against the run. I think they're number 14th. Ranked allowing uh, 111 yards per game against the run, so not great, but right, you know, kind of mid-tier. Of course, this is a different running back and a different offensive line that they're facing this week. Um, but I, I just I don't like a favorite of this size on the road. I know it's the Jets. Uh, I think the Titans are a great teaser play here, and that was a great call by you last week, Steve, on the Titans. You know, getting past Indy, but I don't know what to take from that game because obviously Carson Wentz playing with two bum ankles. You know, I mean, threw for 51 percent. That indie offense is just bad. So I don't take much from the uh, Titans' defense from that game. But, again, this is the Jets' offense, which could be equally bad. So this is just one of these games I might just stay away from. I do think that Robert Sala is a better coach than what he's shown. I mean, I would expect that eventually he gets his team up for one of these home games. So one of these games are going to be a trap game for someone coming you know, at the Jets or the Jaguars or one of these teams. But I – I'd rather put my money on on Salah. I think I'm going to put a small play in the Jets here, believe it or not, Steve, uh, just because the Titans, I think Zach Wilson could throw on the Titans defense. I know he's had his issues, but I don't trust the Titans secondary. I don't trust their defense very much. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's still kind of a lean for me or, or a small play, but I think both offenses are, are going to win more often than not. So I kind of also like the over 44. My strongest play right now is on, on the over, but – I would actually look towards the Jets side in this one just because Titans now two straight wins, and it's a little gimmicky for me. I mean, it's all Derrick Henry. It's no defense, um, but, again, it's the Jets. So how can I feel that good about that? I don't, I don't know. Uh, the Browns at the Vikings. Vikings are plus one and a half, totals at 51. So this one's me first. Uh, Kirk Cousins is balling so far. We all know that now. I mean, 306 pass yards per game, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions. 74% completion rate. He's only the sixth player in the last 25 years to throw for eight touchdowns and over 70% in his first three games. Very good. Uh, his air yards are still are still up there. He's not he's not exactly floating those long and deep balls. I think he has about a 37% completion rate on a long ball. So it goes it goes way down from there. Uh, and it's I think it's feasible to say that he might struggle. This week against the Browns, the Browns defense finally showing what they're capable of last week against the Browns or against the Bears, excuse me. Miles Garrett, four and a half sacks by himself. Team total of nine sacks last week from the Browns. Uh, Love their balanced offensive attack. Chubb ran for 84 yards. Hunt ran for 81 yards. You know, like I said in my uh, Tuesday review of week three, a balanced attack like that with with the defense finally performing like they should and Baker Mayfield does not need to be a great quarterback. He could be a mediocre quarterback, which I think he is. So it works perfectly for him. Uh, but this is just one of those games where I could see either team winning. I kind of want to stay away from it because now it's down to one and a half, basically a pick Um, I mean, the Vikings are at home. The Vikings clearly have a lot of talent, probably one of the best 0-2 teams coming into that game that we've ever seen. Uh, but the Browns are loaded too. And, and, and again, Baker doesn't have to do much. And, and, and I will give Baker credit for one thing. He's not making big mistakes. So that's a good thing for me, Steve. I think I'm just going to stay away from this one. It scares me a little bit. Yeah, the, <laughs> this, this is definitely one of those ones that is uh, it's a little too close. You could see it going either way. 
for me, it, it really comes down to the Browns stopping the Browns and stopping their run game. Uh, Bray Baker hasn't shown us anything that like having to take control of a game and win a game with his arm yet. So if, if the Vikings somehow could uh, stop that 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 really good Browns run game, I think that that's the way the Vikings will win this game. We as you uh um as you said, Cousins is absolutely balling out this year. They the Vikings could very well be two and one, if not three and zero, right now. So they're absolutely not not a not a terrible team. Not, um, even though there is a narrative that we all play that Kirk Cousins sucks, he he actually doesn't suck. I, I actually think he's really good, and the numbers are the numbers are backing that up. Yep. And it's a passing league. It is. It's a quarterback driven league. So we're we're getting we're getting a quarterback that is you know probably top ten, if not top five, stat wise right now at home getting points. It's hard to not want to take a guy like that. So I'm going to lean right now Minnesota plus one and a half. But that that Browns that Browns offense is tough, and Miles Garrett and that defense they showed that they were uh, they were ready to to bring it last week. And if that kind of if that defensive line continues to bring that, then Kirk Cousins could be definitely in a in for a very long day. Yeah, Steve, I think we might I think we might have some issues picking circuit this week so far. I don't know if we're I don't know if we're aligning a lot. Maybe we'll uh, you know have more similar plays in the these last games, but um, yeah, it's a, this is just one of those weeks. I mean, you got a lot of lines like this too, minus one and a half, minus two and a half. So it's just crazy, man. One of these weeks, but all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Colts at dolphins, dolphins, one and a half point favorites. Here we go again, dolphins at home. And Steve, I feel like you got to, uh, first of all, totals at 42 and a half, but Steve, I feel like you have to be kind of celebrating a little bit in your head, seeing the Carson Wentz experiment, just, just failing terribly so far. I mean, God, this guy, I mean, he can't stay healthy, can't throw the ball. It's, it's not looking good. Yeah, I mean, the Carson Wentz experiment, but now we have the Jalen Hurts one, so who knows. Uh, <laughs> this game, uh, Colts at Miami, this is another tough one at like like I, we talked about with Cleveland and Minnesota. I kind of like the, uh, the whole, the whole ver- veteran narrative here with uh, Brissett playing a former team. You know, you kind of see that where they like to come out and really try to show up their old team and – Wentz was very, very lackluster last week. 19 for 37 with a 66 uh, completion percentage. He's not 100%, and I still don't think he's going to be 100%. And he's still playing exactly like we've been talking about, holding on to the ball too long, trying to do too much. The Colts' offense, just simply put, is not producing. Jonathan Taylor is not doing anything. They, they're just really not doing anything. Miami, on the other hand, they had one week to prepare with their backup quarterback, went into Vegas, which is a tough place to play, and very, very easily were, were in that game. They were in that game. It went to overtime. They had a dumb safety, that dumb play call to produce a safety, but Brissett showed that he is still capable of leading a team. They have a solid defense that I think will get after Carson Wentz, and I saw Carson Wentz play against the Dolphins before as an Eagle, and he was terrible down in Miami. I look for that to continue. Carson Wentz sucks. <laughs> love, love that we're on the same side in this one, Steve, because I'm going to take the Dolphins on this. This is one of my uh, favorite plays, actually, of the week. I mean, talk about, uh, you know, going to keep on playing off a team until until they show me otherwise. I mean, I kind of like anything that's going on in Indianapolis right now. A ton of injuries. Uh, Darius Leonard sounding off after the game. They just don't have, like I said, I read it somewhere where somebody described the Colts offense as punchless. And I think that's a great explanation for what they are. Just not enough talent, no explosive plays. You know, Carson Wentz can make things happen every now and then. But if he threw for 51% last week and struggled last week on those bum ankles against the Titans defense, now he's going to Miami against, in my opinion, a much better defense, especially in the secondary. Um, So, you know, that line was creeping up all last week on the Dolphins. Should have seen that one coming. I mean, I, I did I did have a bet on the Dolphins, one of my premium bets. We didn't use it for Circa. But, you know, Dolphins hung in there. They covered the plus three and a half. I mean, I have to favor the Dolphins here. Better, healthier team. And, and Miami is still 8-0 ATS against teams with a losing record in the past eight games. And 2-1 and one still this season. Of course, they blew it in week two against the Bills. But they're still 2-1 and one overall, so still covering ATS. Uh, two low-scoring offenses. I kind of like the under in this one, too. The unders have cashed in two out of three of both of these teams' games, but I love the Dolphins in this one. At home, uh, a way better coach, 
you know, at least at this point, you know, with the, with the talent that Frank Reich has, um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Dolphins all day in this one. We're on the same side on that one, Steve. Let's go to the Panthers and the Cowboys. Very interesting game. Panthers looked really good on Monday night against the Eagles, much to Steve's chagrin for sure. But Steve also called that one, so you know he's all over that one. Won a little bit of money on that, as I understand too, Steve. Uh, but Panthers at Cowboys. Cowboys five point favorites at home. Total set at fifty and a half. So both of these teams are three and zero ATS. Uh, big, big. Um, well, I guess the Panthers aren't aren't a huge surprise because of their competition so far, but they're they're playing well. And I think the Cowboys are somewhat of a surprise by what we've seen, especially from them on defense. Uh, but Dak has been unstoppable so far. I mean, nearly unstoppable. I think the Philly defense is still pretty damn good, man. But they could not stop Dak. I mean, when I played Philly at plus four and a half, I figured NFC East game, you know, it's going to be tough, fought in the trenches. But this was just a track meet. I mean, you know, Dak just thrown all over Philly. Uh, and the Eagles just didn't have an answer. And the Eagles, Eagles didn't, you know, didn't have the same level of play on the other side. Uh, the Panthers only allowing 3.8 yards per play. That's first in the NFL. They're also first against the pass, against uh, pass yards and rush yards per game on defense. So Carolina, I mean, you look at if you look up total team stats, the Carolina Panthers are first place in a ton of defensive stats. Now again, level of competition maybe not as great. Definitely a level up in competition this week with the Cowboys. But I another aspect to this, I have to give the Panthers a significant coaching edge. I mean, one of these games, Mike McCarthy is going to blow just because he's just so bad at game management. I mean, that is unforgivable what he did at the end of the first half against the Eagles, had all the time in the world, was not calling timeouts. It was just unbelievable. Um, a line of five, I definitely lean towards the Panthers still. Uh, you know, and I mean, I, I, I'm worried again about the same narrative that happened on Monday Night Football, right? Dak could just not be stopped as usual. But this Panthers defense, I think, is legit. I think they're very disciplined. Um, and so I have to lean the Panthers, and I also love them as a teaser leg. I mean, five is uh, uh, is a lot of points for a 3-0 Panthers team that's number one in defense. I can move that up to over 10. So I, I really have to love the Panthers in that way. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. I think you have a good a good handle on the Cowboys, Steve. Well, I think Dallas is the real deal. Like, absolutely. Like, a close loss to the Bucks week one. Impressive road win against the Chargers, who we saw beat the Chiefs, and just absolutely dismantling and handling the Eagles. That game wasn't even close. It should have actually even been a higher score, but apparently when you cross the line with the football and you review it, they say it's not a touchdown anymore. I don't know. Um, <laughs> offense and defense were both humming for them now. They're, they look impressive. The only thing that's going to get in their way is Mike McCarthy, because you said it. Their, his clock management is just atrocious. It's going to bite them one day. Uh, if it's sooner than later, we will see. But Panthers losing McCaffrey for me. I mean, that's one of their biggest offensive weapons. And I really don't know how how well Sam Darnold's going to have to manage to have to put that whole entire workload on his back now as the guy. You know, he could really lean more on McCaffrey in uh, previous games. They were fortunate enough that when McCaffrey did go down, they were still just playing the Texans. If that was any other team, uh, Sam Darnold could have maybe be, uh, became more of a shell of himself as we saw with the Jets, and I was afraid that was about to happen. Luckily, it didn't as we were on the Panthers last week. I still really like Dallas. I think their offense is humming. They are a really good team. Dak is on a mission. Their defense is coming to play. Diggs is awesome in the secondary. Uh, the rookie Parsons coming off the edge for Demarcus Lawrence is getting after quarterbacks. And I'm sorry, it's still Sam Darnold for me. I need to still, still see him play tougher competition. If Carolina Panthers could come into Dallas and beat Dallas on the road. I'll start believing in Darnold. But for right now, I like Dallas to cover this handily. Yeah, and if I may say, for those of you listening, this is sort of a classic uh, like stats versus game narrative situation. And 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 to be honest with you, after hearing Steve say that, because I, I didn't mention the uh, just how impressed I am by the Dallas defense, because I, I was going to say the same thing about you know, Diggs and Parsons. I mean, not only do they have guys now, but these guys are really playing hard. But so what you're hearing is Steve uh, talking about, you know, game narrative, how the game is going to play out. Um, and I'm just like, hey, plus five. I mean, that's a great number. This is a team that's three and oh, this is a team that's really good on defense. Uh, but I'm telling you, after after I hear Steve say that, even when I was writing these notes, I'm like, man, but the Cowboys, 
where where are the weaknesses right now? I mean, I guess Mike McCarthy's the weakness, but if but if he's okay, the Cowboys are they they are really are humming. They're at home. Um, I could be convinced to switch sides on that one, Steve. I really could. Now I wouldn't tease down the Cowboys. I would still tease up the Panthers. Uh, but yeah, Sam Darnold. I mean, that's I think the Dallas defense is something we have to start thinking about, right? That's it's not something we thought about before. Um, but but they can definitely limit an offense without Christian McCaffrey. So that's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to pass it over to you for this next NFC East team that you may be familiar with, the Philadelphia Eagles, hosting, hoisting the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Eagles are still plus seven and a half, still got the hook there. Total is 54 and a half. Well, it's like you and I were talking about earlier, uh, and you tweeted out about these seven and a half point games. These are the ones that we feel that Vegas is just craving you to take the uh, take the points here, right? Because they want you to have that hook. Oh, seven and a half. Uh, Philly should cover by seven. No, I still see this Eagles team as a very unpolished organization. They don't have an identity. They had three run plays on Monday Night Football. They couldn't get anything going, and it was the same um types of plays that i saw against san francisco just rolling out and trying to throw the deep ball trying to throw it in double coverage trying to do too much put so much emphasis on jalen hurts to put everything on his shoulders and we saw what that was turning into interceptions pick sixes it was it was not getting done for philly at all andy reed is two against it two and oh against his former team and the eagles struggle with dynamic teams play case in point dallas so it's not going to get any easier with Patrick Mahomes coming in into town now, and you're getting the Chiefs off of two losses. Good luck. You don't think they're going to be ready to come. This isn't going to be a trap game for them or anything. No, they're coming ready to play because they need a win badly. The Eagles are who they are. The Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders. Let's not get it twisted right now. One thing I'm really looking forward into in this game is ever since Brandon Graham went out, tight end production has already gone through the roof. We're trying to play that too high safety look. And that middle of the field in the Dallas game was absolutely exposed. Dalton Schultz went six receptions, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. I think Kansas City has a really good tight end in Travis Kelsey. So look for that. Look for any player props with him. I think he's going to have an absolute day. I like Kansas City plus minus seven and a half. Well, I love that. And I said it on my Tuesday pod, too. I think it's time, all you listeners, I mean, I've been listening to Steve talk about Eagles games for a long time. Even I don't listen sometimes for some reason. But Steve, you know, not that you're going to go 16 and 0 every year on Eagles games, but you've been white hot predicting Eagles games, uh, the, you know, from from the first week. But let me let me just play devil's advocate here too, because I'm on the same side as you. I, I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs in this one. Um, but just to play devil's advocate, so we know the Chiefs aren't covering anymore. They're just not. The Chiefs are 0 and 4 in their last four games as a favorite, and the Eagles are 5 and 1 at home as their last in their last six games as an ATS underdog. So that just that just trend just scares me a little bit, but again, game narrative wise and everything that we can expect, great explanation of the like the Eagles are just a team without an identity. That's that's totally that totally checks out to me. I mean, if you watch the Eagles, there's talent everywhere, but they just haven't figured it out yet, right? They're just they're just not making the throws. You know, plays kind of die, blown coverages. Uh, they're just they're just making too many mistakes. It's probably you know probably reminiscent of a first year coach too. Uh, but I'm on the same side as you here, Steve. That those trends scare me a little bit. But I mean, Andy Reid, you know, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's. I'm, I'm sure that he'll be at the game. But maybe going back to Philly is a little bit of an up in motivation for him too. I don't know. You know, he doesn't play there very often. But you got to believe after two straight losses that the Chiefs are going to play their best football against the Eagles in in Philly. So I'm on the same side as you. All right, I'll take the other team in the NFC East that we love to hate here at least at least for me uh these days and that's the giants my giants at the Saints. Saints seven and a half point favorites at home totals of 41 and a half um short story is i can't trust i can't trust the giants right now i mean the giants are doing the same shit they've they've been doing for many years now this is an offense averaging 8.18.6 points per game and it should be lower because as we noted in the first game of the season they shouldn't have even scored that garbage time touchdown so it's just the same old stuff every week. I mean, when I was – so I had Red Zone on on Sunday, and, and, you know, I'm following the Giants on my phone. Red Zone never came on. I mean, Red Zone barely came on for the Giants game. You know why? Because the Giants were never in the Red Zone. They went, you know, 10 yards, 20 yards, punt. 10 yards, 20 yards, punt. You know, the Falcons did the same damn thing. It was just one of those snooze fest games, as always, for the Giants. 
Um, again, plenty of talent, plenty of talent on the Giants, but something's wrong there. Front management, coaching, something's not clicking there. Uh, significant coaching advantage here for Sean Payton. And there are two narratives for the Saints. You know, some people could see the Saints who have not played at home yet in New Orleans. Some people could say, oh, man, they're back at home. They're around friends and family. Maybe they're just going to chill out. Maybe that's going to be a negative. I don't think so. I think the Saints going back to New Orleans. Here come the Giants who can't do anything on offense. And the Saints defense, they got some guys on defensive line. A Saints defense really showed out against the Patriots. Mac Jones, who's not an aggressive thrower, forced into multiple interceptions. I think he had three or four in the day. Um, you know, so they just totally suffocated a pedestrian Patriots offense. That's probably way more creative than the Giants. And now here come the Giants. Great teaser leg for the Saints here to just tease them down to winning. I also lean under. This line was at 43. I already got under 43. Now it's down to 41 and a half. Still kind of like the under uh, because, again, Giants don't score in that Saints defense. But in short, if I would have to go anyway with the line, seven and a half is a lot of points, but I would have to go with the Saints. But it's a great teaser leg, and and I still like the under. How about you, Steve? Yeah, this game for me, uh, I really can't trust either team with this Jameis Winston roller coaster. You know, he's uh, he is one of the only quarterbacks to have not thrown for uh, to be two and one and not have thrown for over 150 yards in a game. So it's just they they really lack kind of an identity for me as well. I, I want to see Jameis Winston get going in it, but it's like I've always uh, talked to with him. I don't really feel comfortable taking him with seven and a half points to cover. Um, I'd rather ha- like like taking him when he's getting seven and a half points to cover without that pressure. Giants, they're uh, losing Shepard, it looks like, and Slayton this week. They're going to be relying on Galladay and then rookie uh, Kadarius Tony, who, in my opinion, uh, I don't know if he's exactly polished enough to be taking on that big of responsibility. If the Giants could somehow shut down Kamara, that's a bigger, easier said than done, then they might have a chance, but I just don't see that happening either. I just feel like this could be a sloppy game to an extent, and I don't really trust either of these teams. So I'm just going to fade this one and just see how they how they each play out. Yeah, final score like 24-13 to me, something like that. Just just bad, bad game. All right, let's go Texans at Bills. Bills, 16-point favorites. It was, up, it was 17. I think it came out at 17. Mm-hmm. Down to 16 now, um, still a ton of points against an NFL team. At Buffalo, total set of 47 and a half. Yeah, that's a big spread. I mean, that those are the types of spreads that kind of get you like, I don't really want to touch a spread that big. Um, it is Davis Mills, rookie quarterback, first start on, on the road. So that is something to uh, think about. You know, he did come in on the road against the Browns. And, uh, you know, he got a touchdown through an interception. Uh, Bill certainly, uh, they, they've gotten over their week one their week one loss. They look like they're back on track. They went into Miami dominated. They were back at home against, which I think Washington is obviously, I think a better all around team than, um, than Houston and absolutely dominated. I know it's a massive spread, but Houston could still only score nine points on the Panthers. And a lot of the times, you know, if you look at Davis Mills production. He went 19 for 28 with only 168 yards. That's just a lot of check down, a lot of high volume, um, uh, high percentage throws that aren't really going to um, do anything against anyone. So I don't really see Houston being able to produce that much on offense. And I, I do like the bills to, to cover the 16. Yeah. I mean, I hate this game by the numbers because of where it's at. And like, you know, a pro better of me wants to be like, oh, if this goes up to 17, I'll take the Texans. But then I feel like I'm going to be hating myself on Monday because it's just one of those games. I mean, a, a, a sinking ship in the Texans going to Buffalo, arguably the hardest place to play in the NFL right now. Uh, we already know about Josh Allen and the offense. The most impressive thing to me is the Bills defense. I mean, they are playing hard. They're flying around the ball. If the Bear, I, I think it could be uh, you can make an argument that the Bills clearly have the best team in the AFC right now. Uh, the most balanced team, good on defense, great on offense. Um, I, I have to side with the Bills here too, but that's uh, it's just a lean for me right now because of the amount of points. But you know, may, if you do want the Bills, you should probably take it now because it's like go back up to 17 when some of the sharps come in. All right, let's go. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. Rams four and a half point favorites at home. Spotlight game here. Two three and zero teams. Total set of 54 and a half. Um, so a lot of this stuff we probably all already know because he's so. 
two teams are in the spotlight so much, but Kyler Murray balling, Stafford and the Rams balling. Um, Kyler is first in the NFL and throws under pressure and red zone completion. Just playing out of his mind right now. cannot be stopped. Stafford, three scoring plays over 50 yards already. Uh, I just I expect these offense to win more often than not here. Now, but divisional games usually mean more defense, right? But things are kind of different these days. I mean, we've seen these huge games from the Rams and the Cardinals. They go up into the 60s, even if they're big games. Uh, Kingsbury, 0-4 against the Rams in his, in his uh, tenure. Kyler, 0-4 against the Rams, and he doesn't play as well. 11 sacks, four picks, five touchdowns. And some trends here that are going against the over. So I kind of liked the over when I was first looking at this game. The under is 13 and 3 in the Cardinals' last 16 road games. The under is also 13 and 3 in the Rams' last 16 games as a home favorite. So trends are going towards the under. How do I not like the over with these two offenses? Because um, I think the two offenses are just going to win more often than not. I have to lean to the Cardinals right now because they're 3 and 0, and it's just four and a half points. We're getting over key numbers there. So just by the numbers, I want to go with the Cardinals. But the Rams are such a complete team. Uh, the way that they handled um, – uh, see, this is this is the sickness kicking in right now. What, who the hell did they face last week? The Bucks, Brady. The, 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 the Bucks, for Christ's sake. Uh, the way that they handled the – I mean, they were ahead that entire game. They controlled that game, right? Brady, Brady couldn't come back. They just stayed ahead. Really, really impressive win. I mean, if, if Brady sees the Rams again in the playoffs, which is a good chance that might happen um, – I think that's actually a great spot for Brady because now that's twice in two years that the Rams got the best of Brady. Uh, so you almost hope if you're a Rams fan that they would have lost that one because <laughs> now Brady's going to be even more pissed off going to that game. Uh, but the Rams just look really good right now, man. So it's just a lean on the Cardinals and it's a lean to the over, but I hate those trends. What do you think about this one? Yeah, those trends are definitely uh, scary, but initially my thought as well is I'm leaning to towards the Cardinals. Um, you know, last week I was all over the- McVay, this was that was McVay's mini Super Bowl for the season. You could tell the way he was celebrating with Deshaun Jackson. He was he was absolutely drawing up that that to beat Brady. That was like his mini Super Bowl. Uh, this week it's a division matchup in one of the hardest divisions in this league, and we're getting over that key number with a three and O team, and that is still hard to ignore after even looking at all those trends. Uh, Kyler Murray is a dynamic player, as we all know, and he can break contain unlike Brady, who's who was just you know, statuesque. If he doesn't get rid of the ball, that defense is going to swarm him. Like we saw Kyler is the type of player that can get out and move around in that pocket and make plays and extend plays. I really like that about him. I really think that that four and a half is what's going to be key here. And when we looked at this line, when it opened up, it was actually at six and the public 50% of the 52% of the public is on the Rams and that moved down significantly to four and a half. So that's kind of telling me that, you know, Arizona is going to be in this game. I like them to cover this four and a half. I love it. Might have some agreement there. Might have a circuit play there. How about that? Mm. All right. Seahawks. That, or, that'd be a scary one though, Steve. We took, like, we took the Cardinals. Very, very scary <laughs> one. Um, okay. Seahawks at 49ers. I think this could be the toughest game on the board. Um, this and the Chargers and Raiders, which we'll talk about later, but Seahawks at 49ers, 49ers, two and a half point favorites. Seahawks looking, looking bad past two weeks. Total set at 52. This one goes to you, Steve. Yeah, for me, a lot of, a lot of the ways I look at these games is I, it really does come down to me for a lot of quarterback play. It is a quarterback league and I like to look up quarterback matchups. Um, I'm not big on Garoppolo. I honestly don't think he is. I think he's a, a game manager, run of the mill, uh, quarterback versus Russell Wilson, who I I put up in like top top five, and I just feel like this is a good spot for the uh, Seahawks to come back after dropping two games that they can come in to one of their division uh, opponents plus two and a half, and anytime you're getting Russell Wilson with plus two and a half, it's hard not to like that. I just can't get past that kind of. Um, that kind of uh, that, that kind of uh, points with with him. Niners, as we know, have a better defense, and Seahawks have not been showing anything on defense. You giving up that lead to the Titans, but again, they lost and got you know they did get blown out by Vikings. But like we said, I think Vikings are a lot better than what we think. So 
I like Seattle to have a bounce back game here, even though they're on the road, but it's still a division game and those division games can be, can be close. Yeah. And that was an, that was an ideal spot for the Vikings last week. Right. I mean, ton of motivation, Owen two at home. Uh, but this is also, I mean, this is a redemption game sort of for San Francisco after that tough, tough loss on Sunday night. You know, they're going to want to get back. They don't want to lose two in a row. Uh, but this, again, this is a division game. Seattle just needs to win period two. I mean, Seattle going one and three. I mean, we have so many good teams in, in these divisions, right? Somebody has to be at the bottom. I mean, the fact that the Chiefs are one and two, bottom of the AFC West right now, is just some crazy things happening. Uh, but the, what's really concerning to me about Seattle is they're not scoring in the second half at all. Uh, they were they scored six points against Tennessee two weeks ago, including overtime. Six points in the second half. Last week, zero points in the second half. Not sure what's going on at halftime here with this uh, Seattle team, but that just scares me a little bit. Like maybe Pete Carroll's losing some of these players. I don't know. Um, I always love points with Russell Wilson. I just wonder if I should be looking at the Seahawks differently right now because, you know, kind of like the Steelers, right? Some of these teams are showing us different stuff. Maybe it's a changing of the guard or just like something different is going on. I always trust, trust in Russ. But this is this is a tough one for me. I'm not I'm not sure which way to go f- for right now, man. I actually like Jimmy G a little more than you, who's made some, making some crisp throws last week. He can make the throws when it matters, but you know he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't shock you like you know like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Russell Wilson. And they're certain, certainly not as athletic as those guys either. But uh, this one is just I just I got to work harder on having an angle at this one, I guess. And I don't know if it's, if it's ever going to come up because this is just a tough matchup. Two teams who really want to win. San Francisco with the edge at home, but definitely an edge of quarterback for the Seahawks. Edge edge on defense for the 49ers. So we'll see. But, you know, for now, maybe my uh, the premium customers will hear from me about this one, but I don't have a play on that one for now. So this is a, this next game I have a plan. I really like this game, actually. Ravens at Broncos. This line has moved from the Broncos as the favorite to the Ravens as the favorite now. Broncos plus one at home. Total set of 45. And I really like the Ravens in this one. And here's let me let me break down why. Um, so we've heard all before. First of all, I'm a fan of the Broncos big time. I, I don't care that they faced three of the worst teams in the NFL. They did exactly what you're supposed to do against three of the worst teams in the NFL. They have outscored those op- opponents 76 to 26. Okay, so they're just completely dominating every one of those opponents. That's not that's not hard to do, and one or that's not easy to do. Excuse me. And one of the best stats. It doesn't make much sense actually. But one of the biggest indicators for like postseason success are teams that beat up on bad teams in the regular season. We've seen that time and time again. Denver has been delivering in that way. Okay, they're, I mean they're holding passing attacks to under 200 yards per game. They're running the ball really well. I like the Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams combination. So all that is good stuff. Okay, now on the flip side, uh, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy on IR, not good. Losing some talent there on the Broncos offense. And I know Lamar is going to t- face a real test here, but now we see that Rashad Bateman just came back. He's starting to practice. I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. And the Ravens, you can consider pretty lucky for them to win last week, but they outplayed the Lions w- way more than the final score showed. They had a full two yards per play on average more than the Lions last week. That's a lot of yards, actually, when you average two yards more on every play than the other team. So they And they scored on their last five possessions. So, I mean, the Ravens really controlled that game. Should have scored a lot more points. That's what Detroit does, I guess. They just kind of hang in games. But I think that was sort of a letdown spot for the Ravens, too, after that big game against the Chiefs. Uh, so this week, now the, the only thing that's working against Baltimore is they've been playing on the road a lot. I think their last two preseason games were on the road, and, and uh, two out of the first three um, games this season have been on the road. So they've just been on the road a lot. Uh, so now this one's on the road too at altitude in Denver. It's a tough spot, but the Ravens defense is better than they played recently. We saw how good they could play against the chiefs, at least in the second half. Um, they didn't play all that well last week, but they did limit Detroit. I think this is, um, this is a, a, a really tough spot actually for Denver to, to slow down a Ravens team. That's well coached going to be a little more buttoned up this week. It's only minus one. We have to think based on previous years that the Ravens have the better team. So I do like the Ravens in this game. You're giving me a pick them basically. Um, if Steve likes this, it's probably going to be – I'm going to want it to be a circuit pick. But we'll see what Steve thinks. Steve, over to you. <laughs> well, I actually absolutely love the Ravens here. Um, when I first saw this line came out, um, I, 
I, I, I figured the Ravens were, uh, were, were not going to be favored and they, they weren't. Then it, we saw it uh, trend it and move towards the Ravens being favored at minus one now. Um, one thing I like, and the one narrative I'm, I'm leaning on really hard on this, is a team that faces adversity and can overcome it and win like the Ravens do, they grow from that. And I could see this team now going on an absolute tear. And the, I've seen it before with other teams. I, you know, I'm, we all know I'm an Eagles fan. That The year they won the Super Bowl, they struggled with the Giants at home, hit a walk-off 62-yarder field goal, and then they didn't look back. They went on an absolute tear the rest of the season. And it, it's kind of like just coming, coming of age for the season, just coming into their own. And I really think this is a spot where they're going to go play a 3-0 team. They've beaten the Chiefs. And I'm sorry, the Chiefs are 1-2. They're a good team. They're a Super Bowl contender. We all know that. So they have good wins. They, they lost, guess who? The Raiders. That's another 3-0 team. All right, so the Ravens aren't a bad team. We wanted to write them off really easily because they were having all these injuries, but they're coming into their own now, and I think they're getting their swagger back. And I'm going to take a former league MVP quarterback um, pretty much in a pick em. Um more more than I'm not. So I'm going to lean on the Ravens on this one. Yes, I love that we're on the same side now. And I, I, got, I got amped over here, Steve. I didn't want to talk over you. Uh, you know, at, at the beginning of this podcast, I'm like, man, we're not going to agree on everything. And now I'm like, hey, man, we're going 5-0. No, no doubt about it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Steelers. Steelers at Packers. Packers are seven-point favorites. I think it was seven and a half at one point. Um, or maybe a six. I don't know. Have this, has this moved, you know? Yeah, well, that's my main point about this game. It was seven, then went to six and a half and back to seven. An astonishing on uh, Action Network, 83% of the money is on the Packers, and this line hasn't even budged. I would tread very lightly with this one. Um, that kind of tells me to take the Steelers and lean Steelers a little bit. I know it makes no sense, but when does the NFL ever make sense? Um, you know, the Steelers got absolutely embarrassed last week, again, two weeks in a row at home. Uh, Big Ben, again, we know it looks slow, old. Tyler Boyd for the uh, for the Bengals said that they simply gave up. They could tell that their receivers just gave up. They have to have some salt. They have to come back, and they have to show the league. They have to show everyone what Steeler football is at some point, playing a team like the Green Bay Packers. I'm leaning Steelers. I'm not sure if I'm going to make it one of my plays this week, but watching the money, watching the trends on this, it's a scary line. It doesn't make sense. You automatically see that. You see the Packers. You see how they've been playing. Oh, well, that's easy. Let's take the Packers. When it seems too easy, you're usually going to be wrong. And I don't feel good about it. You're usually going to be right. And that's how I kind of like to play some of my angles and lines here. So I'm leaning Steelers on that one because of where the money's going. Total agreement with with me here, Steve, I think this is one of those bets where Vegas is going to win big. Uh, you know, Everyone's going to uh, expect the Packers to blow out the Steelers. Oh, the Steelers lost against the Bengals and the Raiders. Well, we know the Raiders, like you said, are better than we thought. Uh, Bengals, at least Joe Burrow, is is uh, pretty damn good, right? And the, and the Steelers, with all their injuries, the Steelers were only able to get one pressure on Joe Burrow last week. When have you ever heard a Steelers defense get one pressure? and zero sacks in the game. Just unbelievable. Uh, there has to be positive regression for this defense. Now, a lot of these guys on defense who were injured are practicing this week. We don't know if T.J. Watt is going to be back or not, but I totally agree with you on this one, Steve. It's also a huge letdown spot for the Packers, in my opinion, and for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers cares more about winning in San Francisco than people think. He's from California. Those coaches hate each other. Right, Shanahan tried to get Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. It didn't happen. There's a there's a lot of hate between those teams. That was a big win for Green Bay, especially two years earlier, right? San Francisco bested Green Bay in the um, NFC Championship. Big win for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is, is an MVP form. He's back in the media. Everyone loves him. And here come the sloppy old Steelers, and everyone just assumes that the Packers are going to roll them. I don't think so. I think this is a letdown spot for the Packers at home. Um, I think the Steelers are going to bring more creativity this week. They're going to use some of their speed on the outside. They absolutely need to do better things in the run game. I mean, it's bad, right? 201 total team rushing yards in three games. That is not good. I mean, so that's what, under under 70 yards a game. Not good. They have to do better.
But if TJ Watt is back in particular, I mean, this, I mean, he is the closest thing that you can get to an MVP of an entire team for being on defense. I like the Steelers this week. I believe in them as a buttoned-up franchise who's going to turn the ship around at least a little bit and be competitive. They're not going to be blown out all year, and I don't care if it's the Packers at home. So love that, Steve. I think it's very sharp the way you're thinking. Of course, I'm biased because I'm thinking it too. <laughs> but but we're, we're, we're on the same side of that one. Okay. Bucks at Patriots. Here we go. My God, I'll probably t- t- talk about this shit for an hour. Um, uh, so I guess I'll go first in this one. Bucks at the Patriots. Patriots, seven-point dogs at home. That was six and a half. Now it's up to seven. And we just learned that James White is out for the season. It's a big loss there for the Patriots. I mean, he's basically just another pass catcher, right? And they're they are they're not very strong in that position as it is. Uh, so that could be um, just another one of the reasons why the line went up, but probably the bigger reason why. Ninety six percent of the bets are on Tampa Bay. Ninety percent of the money is on Tampa Bay, um, according to the Action Network. I mean, that's absurd. Um, so everybody expecting. The Bucks to to handle the Patriots. Tom Brady coming back home, pissed off after losing against the Rams. But that scares me, Steve, a little bit. I mean, that is a ton of money, a ton of bets. I mean, at the beginning of the week, I'm like, oh, I'm going to say to Steve, uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m., I'm going to be like, Steve, Bucks minus six and a half, circuit play. Um, but I'm not, I don't know about that anymore, man. I mean, I, I, you know, the Patriots. Listen, the, Bill Belichick. For for you know he he might be crabby he might not be very good with people, but he's still a defensive minded genius. There's no doubt about that. He's proven that over and over again. This is a very very good team against the pass. They're second only to the Panthers right now. They're allowing something like 156 yards a game or something through the air, like 160 something. I don't know the exact stat, but they're second in the league so far. Um, you know, Mac Jones has a lot of work to do. This is going to be a tough game for him, but I feel like. It's a game where, you know, Bill Belichick is going to be staying up every night to 2 a.m. He's going to be waking up at 6 a.m. They're going to be scheming things like out of this fucking world. And it's at least, you know, Tom Brady's going to win, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. Right now, believe it or not, I fucking lean (laughs) to the home team Patriots making this a game. What do you think, Steve? Well, I mean, I can't just say what I did about the Steelers and Packers and then go against it, right? I mean, it's kind of the same narrative here i mean it's even bigger 96 percent and four percent after vegas just got absolutely housed last week this is where they're going to make their money back it doesn't make any sense does it i mean personally when i was handicapping these games myself i thought this line line seemed a little low i actually had the patriots on paper at 10 11 points i which i i mean not patriots uh bucks at 10 11 points and so to see it at six and a half seven seems just a little off don't it doesn't make any sense. Like the Bucks should just come in there and completely wipe them out. We got right. Antonio Antonio Brown coming back. James White is out, as you uh, as you said. And quite frankly, the uh, Mac Jones is just a game manager. I think he had three picks last week. wasn't very impressive. But again, looking at the money, it doesn't make sense. I mean. It's, it might be a hero call to try to like go against that and say, oh, I'm going to take Tampa Bay, I mean, New England, uh, and try to get too cute. Or you can just stick to what you what you think, what you know. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm leaning Patriots here at home because you got to follow the money, and Vegas would rather take a 4% loss than a 96% loss. Yeah, I mean, I can't explain it. You know, maybe the sports books are like on the horn with Belichick or something. They're like, how late are you staying up? Like, I don't know. I don't know how they know shit, but this this is this is sneaky, man. This is real sneaky. Talk about a spotlight game. Like, uh, and, I mean, this game could get as big, like, bigger ratings than the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it, it might – I mean, probably not, but it's going to get a big rating. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of eyes in this game. So Vegas doesn't want to – I don't know. Vegas doesn't want to lose this spot, you know, like it looked that bad. Well, so, this – I'm sorry, but th- this is Bel- Belichick's Super Bowl this year, and he knows it. Like, this 100%. is his Super Bowl. So, if, 100%. if that team's going to get up for any game, this will be it. Yep, yep. And then you have Sherman coming back. Now he's he's on the box. It's like, what's you know, they're just adding up all the angles in this one. It's just ridiculous. All right, one more game. This one goes to you first, Steve. Raiders at Chargers. This one is really tough for me. I mean, talk about a tough line. Chargers minus three and a half at home. 
total is set at 52 and a half. I'll be completely honest with the audience here. I mean, this one's going to Steve first too, but I don't have any notes on this one so far. I mean, I have shit in my head, but I'm just like, I almost, I didn't want to put anything down yet because I truly don't know. So Steve, I hope you have a real confident play here because I'm a little, I don't know. Oh, I, I absolutely love the Chargers here. I love the Chargers. After seeing what they did going into Arrowhead and going forward on fourth and nine, having the confidence in Herbert, what he's doing. Yeah, that fourth and nine play call, it uh, it was a penalty. They didn't catch the ball. But that throw, that was a big-time NFL throw if you saw that play where Herbert put that thing on a rope and sent it right to the receiver, hit him right in the numbers. I'm impressed by Herbert. He is, as you have always talked about, the real deal. Uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders, they're looking good. But – you know, I wish they would have taken care of Miami a little better last week for me to be a bigger believer in them. I think we could see a little bit of a regression with Carr this week. I think they're going to play a lot harder of a Chargers defense that is coming into their own as well. Uh, Chargers offense, I think, has more skill positions. Um, and overall, I think is a better team. I like that they're at home, and I could just see Carr come kind of coming back down to earth a little bit here, and we'll see more of a, a vintage Raiders Raiders uh, defense. I mean, offense production where they look a little uh, lackluster and dismal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that I did write down, or the or the, or the few things that I noted, is that I just love the play calling from Brandon Staley at the end of that game against the Chiefs. You talk about aggressive. I mean, how many teams would just run the ball out, be conservative, you know, give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes with too much time? But what did they do? I mean, Brandon Staley said, this is my quarterback who I trust, who's a who's a stud. I'm going to put the ball in his hand, and he's going to make the right decisions. And he did, like, five, five awesome pass plays in a row uh, to make that drive happen. That creates synergy between a coach and a quarterback – that is that is not something you can quantify. I mean, I really believe that. Now, I love what the Raiders are doing so far too. I mean, Derek Carr, he should probably be in the conversation for MVP. I mean, he's playing ball. I mean, he's he's playing like it's it's the crazy thing about the Raiders is that this is not that different of a team. It's like the same team we've always seen. It's mm-hmm. the same personnel, and yet and yet they're just executing way better. So I don't know what's going on here with Gruden and with Derek Carr, but I I, I like I like what I see from them. But I just wish that this line was like three. You know, three and a half just scares me a little bit because it's still a divisional game. Uh, Chargers don't have a very good home field advantage, right? There's probably going to be like 70% Raiders fans there. But I don't know. People talk about that a lot. And it's like, how how could I put – how can I give that uh, that much attention when Justin Herbert just went to Kansas City and won? You know, like who cares? I don't think, I don't think Herbert cares about the crowd. And I don't think it affects him that much. So if I have to lean to any side right now, I'm going to lean towards the Chargers. After hearing Steve say that, I like him even more. But I just I, I do think they clearly have the better defense. Uh, so that's obviously a big advantage there. And if Brandon Staley, I mean, Brandon Staley is clearly having an impact on that team. Um, and he's starting to have a real impact on that defense, bringing that Rams mentality down there. I mean, that's going to be – this is – some you know some of the sharpest guys out there think the Chargers are a true Super Bowl contender, and it's getting increasingly harder to argue against that. And they look like a very complete team. I mean, Mike Williams is balling out. You know, they they're just like the guys are kind of coming out of the woodwork. As long as they can stay healthy, scary team. So we'll we'll see if this was if this was at Vegas, I might think about it a little bit differently. But it's not right. Mm-hmm. So all right, with that, going to wrap this puppy up soon here. But let's go to our big bulls bets of the week. And our favorite teasers, Steve, I'll hand it to you for your big balls bet first. Big balls bet. I like the Lions money line outright to win on the road in Chicago. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. Um, This is two weeks in a row. I haven't given a lot of thought to my big balls bet. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, man. I kind of – the New York Giants – no, I'm just kidding. Um, I might have to get this one more thought, folks. I don't know. I mean, the Cardinal, the Cardinals could win straight up, right? Four and a half, you're going to get a pretty decent line there. Um, Rams, again, I, I love what Steve said about the narrative. Sean McVay just going wild for that game last week. Maybe the Cardinals just walk in there and surprise L.A. Uh, so let, I'll just say that for now. I'll say for now, I'll, I'll say the Cardinals are the team that could do it for me. Um, and now I'll give my favorite teasers. So 
I can't give all my teasers because that was a premium customer thing. And I already sent out like eight teaser legs. <laughs> but uh, definitely my favorite teaser out of all those teaser legs is going to be the Saints. Tease them down to a win. And Kansas City. I mean, got to go against these NFC East teams after a while. They're just not as developed. They're struggling. Uh, if you give me – if you combine KC and the Saints – and, and a bunch of teasers across the NFL, I think you can make a lot of money this weekend. So, And you can tease them down to virtual winners. Yeah, the teaser I liked was uh, – I, I, even though the, the money was uh, is weird right now for that bet, I still like teasing the Bucks down because I still think Tom Brady will win ultimately. Um, to, so get that down. And then I, I like Dallas. I'm big on Dallas. I, I'll tease them down. And then Chiefs as well. Wow, you're gonna tease down Dallas, so you get plus two with them, or plus one, something like that. Mm, uh, yeah, you should get at least plus. I think you have plus two with them. Yeah, yeah, nice. All right, wow. Steve is bullish on the Cowboys. Who who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey man, they're showing it. There's no they're doubt showing, about it. They're showing it. I can't argue it right now. That's we'll right. See. All right. Well, another week, another dollar, another day, another dollar here from me and Steve. That okay. is the broadcast here, laying the points with Farley Bets. Thank you for everybody who's been listening. Uh, either whether it's on Twitter or at the Odds Breakers or via podcast. I'm also putting these up on YouTube so you can catch them and subscribe to the Farley Bets YouTube channel as well. Please give Steve a follow too at Snorm, Snorm, S-N-O-R-M. That's at Bobo Bets, B-O-H-B-O-H Bets. You can look for him at either one of those things. Uh, follow Steve because clearly he's sharp. I mean, Steve's going to prove that all season. But uh, if you follow both of us, yeah. you follow the Odds Breakers, you're going to be winning a lot of money this season in the NFL. Check us out at the Odds Breakers as well. Check out Sports Wager U. Steve, do you want to add something? I feel like you did. Oh, yeah. Um, take Houston straight up for the value. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the line there? It's, it's got to it's be near like plus 1,000 almost. Plus 840. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's plus 834. Yeah. Take it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If the, uh, if the Texans somehow miraculously win that game, how many people are going to be out of Survivor this week? That's going to be. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Uh, the early, the early survivor picks that I saw in my one line or in my one league was forty three percent already chose the Bills. <laughs> it's just like oh. <laughs> it's just like almost half already. Like at the yep. beginning of the week, it's just crazy. All right, that's it, everybody. <laughs> signing off, laying the points of Farley bets on behalf of Steve and I. Let's win some damn money once again. Check us out on all those sites and on Twitter, and we'll see you guys next week on the same. Thanks, podcast. everyone. See you guys.